All right. Hello. Welcome to the first episode of Talk and Shop. This is the first podcast that is actually going to be put out by the FSVU for sports, but this will also be in conjunction with V89 Sports. So for the first episode for our pilot, I have brought on Luke Fay. He is the head of the V89 Sports Department right now. Luke, are you there? Oh, I am there. Thank you. Thank you for all the kind words, Gary. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Nothing but the best. <laughs> Gary, how are you doing, man? I'm doing just fine. Having a great day. How about yourself? Uh, you know, just just running around the office, getting getting things done. Not not as great as you. I did not go to the beach, but I did go fishing yesterday. It was a uh, was was nice and ra- relaxing there. That's good. That's always good to get back and relax somewhere. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm very I'm very excited to be able to uh, do this uh, little collaboration between the FSU and V89. I think. Uh, it, it'd be good to take advantage of the bright minds. I don't know why uh, we haven't done it before, but, you know, better late than never. Right, Gary? Exactly. I know. I figured why not do it now? Better late than never to get this all done. And we got the right people to get this done. So might as yeah, well do it. Yeah. Leave, leave something for, you know, the younger kids to, uh, to help them get better as well. And, exactly. You, know, you, you only get you only get your second senior year once. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I got a, I got a bit more time for that, hopefully. So yeah. we'll see. But for this podcast, we're going to be getting into all things Florida State sports. So we're going to be talking anything from football, baseball, basketball, women's basketball, softball, baseball, anything and any everything Florida State's athletics. Oh, swimming and so, track. You forgot you swimming forgot track, and, baby. That's that's my, I said every, that's my thing. I said anything and everything. So <laughs> I felt like swimming and track were kind of included. I was just kind of rolling with some sports off the top there. But yeah. So today, I think we're going to be getting diving into a little bit, just doing a little kind of small gloss over of the FSU softball super regional that's coming up actually tomorrow. We're recording this on Wednesday right now, the Wednesday before the regional where Florida, the number four Florida State Seminoles will take on the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma State Cowboys or Cowgirls for that matter, I guess, in Tallahassee. So, Gary, this is this is arguably the the best Florida State athletics team that we have right now um, yeah campus. i'd say so we're talking about softball it's either that or, or women's soccer yeah it's best all around best all around talent and winningness in that sense so i mean they did come out this is their national title defense season so and they're doing a pretty good job of it so far they were able to win their that tallahassee regional last weekend but i think it was they outscored their opponents 27 to 7 in the three game span against bethune cookman South Florida and South Carolina. And they only had two games where they, or they only had one game where they gave up more than two runs. And that was yeah. the last game in South Carolina where they won seven to six. And that game was a little bit interesting, Gary, because uh, the, the stalwart that is Megan King struggled uh, early on in that game. Yeah, she did begin to struggle a bit in that first, in the first two and a third innings, it looked like she gave up about, oh, was it three runs or so? Yes. And yeah, she began right. to struggle. She looked human for once. She doesn't really give up too many runs. I think before coming into that game, she had 41 and two-thirds innings with only one earned run allowed. So she was doing big things before then, and she kind of struggled. But, hey, everyone struggles every now and then, so it's okay. <laughs> I, some, some would say it's, it's kind of worrisome that it's happening at this point in the season, but also – uh, you could look at it the other way and say it's better in the in the re- regional than in the super regional or uh, the World Series because uh, we all know too well how how important pitching is, especially when you look at 
uh, Florida State baseball and their pitching, how how much woes they have. There's only so much offensive power that can mm-hmm. help out uh, uh, catch up when you're allowing, you know, however many runs um, each inning. And uh, that's something that this offensive team that Florida State has, um, they, they they can score. If and I, I said this on Tomahawk Talk the other day, if, if Florida State, you know, allows less than three runs. They win almost every single game. I would, I, w- I would take yeah. them in any game if they allow three or three or less runs. Exactly. Yeah, runs. and they, yeah, and they do a good job of holding teams to very low run counts. But going back to what you're saying about pitching, and if one person isn't doing well in pitching, Florida State had, I, I think it's three pitchers who've done all the heavy lifting for them in terms of pitching. They've had uh, Megan King, Mackenzie Herzog, and Catherine Sandercock. Three girls. They've all three of them have 70 or more innings pitched. The, and there's only two other girls who have actually pitched so far for Florida State this season. And both of them have about 38 runs combined. so Or 38 innings combined, my bad. But so you, if one person isn't going well, you only got two more arms to go, really. So yeah, and, it really and, does but the, one the thing, importance of it. The one thing about softball, from what I've learned watching um, these last couple of years, is it's not like baseball where, you know, you go through pitchers as much. They can throw upwards of however many pitches. I, I want to say there was a game last year that Florida State was playing in where a girl threw the other team threw 140 pitches, mm-hmm. which was borderline yeah. insane. I don't know how you can do it. I, I feel like rotator cuff surgery is so common in softball. Uh, just the way well, the arm moves, I don't know how they do it. Um, I think it's because they're not really going into the whole tearing motion that you get in baseball where it's a whipping action. This is more of just a circular arm circle motion. It, it might be more of the natural. I think I've heard people say it's more of a natural type of uh, pitch than, than regular baseball. But exactly. Baseball. You, Mackenzie yeah. Herzog there, uh, one, one of the Florida State pitchers, she she's actually very, uh, uh, a very formidable uh, offensive player uh, where she, she went one for three and had that yeah. big – uh, RBI, uh, two RBI hit um, in the game against South Carolina. Um, not something you often see in uh, a two-way player in, in softball like that. Yeah, no. She, yeah, she had a bit of a, a misstep earlier in the game, though. I believe it was the previous inning where there's a ball hit to the left center gap, and she was tracking it, and she got – she ended up following the ball to the wall, and she was let the ball bounce off the wall, and it allowed the runner to get maybe an extra step or two. So she really showed that she was able to kind of stick with it and not let that phase her too much, which is impressive to see out of yeah, a freshman. I, I, so I, I, I just find it uh, wild to me that uh, that you've got you've got that versatile of a player. It kind of reminds me of um, I can't remember the uh, the the men's player for Louisville that got drafted by the Rays, number four overall, um, mm. who is a two way player. I uh, but. Yeah, I'm draw- I know exactly who you're talking about, but I'm drawing a blank on him right now. But let's get into predictions for the Super Regional. So Oklahoma State comes in. They won their Super – they won their Regional in Stillwater, Oklahoma. They beat BYU 3-1, to Tulsa 13-10, to and then Tulsa again 2-1. to So we got what – how many – there's best two out of three series, so – you think this one goes three? You think FSU might drop one or even lose? Um, I don't thoughts? know. Uh, that's that. That's a good question. I I just don't see. Florida State has only lost twice at home. Let's let, let's not get past that. They, mm-hmm. uh, I believe they are away. They are fourteen and six, and on a neutral site game, 
they're nine and zero, and at home they're thirty one and two. So the odds are in their favor. They haven't lost back to back games at home the entire the entire season. Um, so yep, since the game is in Tallahassee, I believe it's sold out in ten minutes. Or I know that they only mm-hmm. have they have standing room only, which is insane, um, especially for the softball game or the parking yeah, or, garage. Or the parking garage. Uh, I, they might even run out of parking garage spots. But uh, yeah, from what I from what I told is it is the women's softball World Series held at Oklahoma State or in Oklahoma? It's in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. They have a complex okay. in Oklahoma City. Well, I'm going to say this, go on a limb right now, and say that it's not going to be a homecoming for Oklahoma State. Uh, they they aren't going to make it to the, <laughs> the World Series. I am booking. Florida State, uh, I, I think it'll be a sweep. Um, one of the games probably is going to be a run rule, and the second one maybe a little bit closer. But I, I don't see anyone beating these ladies here. Yep, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to side with you on that one. Florida State's just been playing too well. They had that misstep there with South Carolina for a second. For a second, they made some people believe that they can lose. But I think now that they've seen that they can falter like that, I think they're just going to be – they're going to step on Gary, Oklahoma State. Gary, is that a wake-up call for Florida State? I think it is a wake-up call. Yeah, I think that's the right way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I'm here, Hello? buddy. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I lost you for a second there. I was, I got concerned. I was like, oh, no, geez, we lose? I, was, I was waiting for your next. <laughs> nope. Okay. No, you're not one to, you're not one to leave a pause like that. So hey, I was hey, not sure. I, I usually am not, but I was leaving you a floor, man. Uh, hey, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we can jump on now to baseball. Baseball dropped their first game of the ACC baseball tournament last or yesterday to Wake Forest. They, what was that here? FS. They lost their game. It was in Durham. They were seven to four. Yep, that sounds right. They did it go to it didn't go to extras, but they did drop the series, and now it kind of screws them over in terms of winning the ACC tournament in general because of the way it's set up. Like we were talking before the show, before we started recording, FSU baseball. The the, the back was against the, the way they you know, the set up. The wall. They had to win both these games to move on. Given uh, we believe that uh, from what I looked at, the higher seed will always move on, whether it's a tie. Anyways, the run differential doesn't factor in. So if Florida State mm-hmm. had uh, had won the game and lost to uh, North Carolina, there wouldn't have been a playoff um, or any of that that sort. Uh, so. Now it's just uh, a lot of people are saying they have to win this game against NC State to even have a chance uh, to get an at-large bid, which has been the first time anyone has said that in 35 years with Mike Barton. And really, they, they've got to win some games. To, I, I don't know what their, their record is, but I, I think there are a couple of games away from uh, 40 wins, Gary. Yes, right now they're actually 35 and 21. So they would have to win this game to make it and then 36. And probably win the regional. And then, if, yeah, if you win the regional, you would win one, two. You know, you would, it would still be 39, if, even if they win the regional. If they would sweep the regional, it would only be 39. Well, maybe, maybe if, I think if, yeah, you're right. That's, uh, that'll be. It's only three wins. Yeah, that'll be something tough. That, that, I, I don't think, uh, anyone's, Coming into the season, there wasn't very much um, 
concerned, concerned. but it wasn't <laughs> there wasn't an overarching optimism that Florida State was going to go out there and and win the World Series. It was more of a nostalgia where teams wanted you to, I guess. People just believed there's no way that Florida State was going to be poor this year, and it's really come back to their pitching, Gary. Yeah, it's all about the pitching for this team. They just struggled day in, day out. Like yesterday, Parrish was pitching well for the majority of the game, to, or start of the game for that matter, but then just kind of fell yeah, apart. To, like, you can't win a... games when you go down 4-0, to zero, and it was great for uh, for the Seminoles to come back and, and tie that score up. Uh, I believe Nander DeSantis – hit a two-run home run to tie it mm-hmm. up in four. But after that, it's, yep. it's just the bat. Offense has been good for Florida State most of the year. It's just been shootouts. And you don't win shootouts in baseball. That's just not a thing. Uh, you got to have that good pitching. Yeah, no, it's impossible to win. Like you said, it's impossible to win a shootout in baseball because just offensive production, especially with the way the game has been going, it's not built for that kind of structure. And so the way FSC's pitching has been, it's they're, they set themselves up for failure in the sense like they had, what is this now, six, seven pitchers go yet, pitch yesterday. And only was that, and three of them didn't even record an out. Jonas Scalaro, Antonio Velez, and Connor Grady all pitched, all have in the scorebook, they all have 0.0 innings pitched. So... It doesn't. You're not doing anything good for your team when you can't get the, the, out in the first place. So here, here's the thing, though. Was it? Would you say? Did the starting pitching set up the relievers for failure because the starting pitching couldn't go as far as they they have throughout the entire season? They just haven't gone very far. Or was it just a combination well, I mean, of the the relievers being just as poor as the starters? Well, Parrish did go five and two thirds. Five and two thirds is a, is a n- relatively normal start for a pitcher. So I wouldn't say the length of that he went was bat was poor. I'd say the lead that he left or the deficit that he left the team with was poor because then he really forced this team the the relievers to come in there and force a pitch from behind and worried about not ex- giving up even more to make this lead even longer. So they really were pitching with their backs against the wall as well. And like the batters were hitting with their backs. So Gary, where does this, you know, where does where does the Florida State baseball team go from here? Um, knowing they've got to win, but let's say that they do win, but they don't get the at-large bid. Um, what 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 type of legacy is this going to leave with Mike Martin? And who do you think would be the best candidate for for possibly succeeding him? Well, I think if FSU does find a way to lose this or find a way to not make the reach or the NCAA tournament, it's going to be a bit disappointing, but I think Martin's overall legacy is that he's built FSU baseball into a powerhouse and a household name when it comes to baseball in the state of Florida. Like if you look around with a lot of kids, like if you go and talk with kids about in high school, like where do you want to play or what's like places that you look to play baseball in college, they're going to go through a list. Like everyone likes to talk about Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt everyone yep. likes to talk about Florida, but when you get down to it, like Florida state has built something big and they built an amazing culture around the program. I think Martin's accredited with that. So I think when it comes to looking for a new coach for them, it's difficult because you don't want to do you go with Mike Martin jr. And do you go with the kind of the legacy pick? Cause in a way it could please some of the fans that, Hey, 
it's going to be kind of still the same program. We're not trying to flip it up. We're not trying to turn it up on its head, kind of like what the football team decided but, but to would, do. But would you say that but that is? Do you want do you change? Think that the yeah. fans want uh, want Mike Martin Jr. Because from what I've felt like, uh, I've I've gotten the the vibe that they they not necessarily want him back. Like he uh, he might have been part of the problem, like nepotism was. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that I that's the reason why I don't think he's the best fit. But I'm saying from a sense of being comfortable, I think Martin Jr. would probably be the right choice. But if we want something to try and like push this program forward and continue to move forward, I think it, they're going to have to look for someone younger. And I think one person that I like and one person that it's in the state, it, it might be a difficult pull away, but I think Greg Lovelady at UCF, I think he's I, a good I, coach. I like what he's been I, doing I there. Admit- I know I we've mentioned that before, Gary. I, I, I do think that's a good yes. – he was named the number one coach under 40 in uh, NCAA baseball. Exactly. And this and this season, they're 34-21. and 21. They're, They do have a losing record in the conference, in the American Conference. But I think they still have a solid team yet. Like, they don't – they play a tough schedule two year in, year out. They played Auburn to open up the year. They played Florida. They've beaten Florida, every team beat in Florida. Florida in baseball. Do you know they yes. beat Florida again? Yeah. They beat Florida State. Like, they're, they're beating the heavyweights. I think uh, I saw that yeah. Florida doesn't even want to – they don't even want to schedule uh, – or they beat Miami as well. Florida doesn't even want to schedule UCF anymore because mm-hmm. it's kind of embarrassing when you're bringing a, a team up that you're – essentially it's supposed to be a cupcake, uh, an in-state cupcake, and they're beating yeah. you year after year. Um, it's not a good looking for Greg Lovelady. He's building that resume uh, not only for UCF at that point, but for himself to maybe get a better job within the state. And with those contacts within the state of Florida, I think that could be a, a good pick, like you said. Exactly, yeah. And, like, he, they beat – and, like, they beat FAU, they beat uh, North Florida, they beat Miami. They they have they can beat this. They can win the state. So I mean, if you can win the state of Florida, which is arguably one of the best baseball talented states in the nation, it's that means something to me. Oh, yeah. So I think he's I think he's got a great resume. But like, I'm, if we're sticking to in the state of Florida, like if long shot, but probably not going to happen. Florida Atlantic's head coach. John McCormick, he's done really well with the program in Bo- down here in Boca Raton. And he's, and I believe they're going to be, they're set, they won the Conference USA again this season, their regular season champs. And they're setting themselves up for a good, possibly a run at the Super Regionals or the Regionals this year. So I think that's who, who do you think could be a good option other than Love Lady? Or do you have any other names out there? Um, well, I, I I think Love Lady is the option. That's that's the guy that I would mm-hmm. choose, and um, I don't see any other other guy that uh, that that could take over the spot really. Mm-hmm. So I think we're on the consensus that youth is the way, or a younger perspective is the way to go. E- regard, even though Martin has done phenomenally with his experience with baseball over his amazing and lengthy career. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. All and- right. Yes, I and, think. and with that, hmm? with that, Gary, I would have to say that um, if, if we're looking at it, you look at uh, you look at Bob Stoops and his his whole problem with uh, with Oklahoma was that he had his brother as a defensive coordinator, and they would make all the they would make all the adjustments on other places with offensive coordinators when really the problem was his brother. You saw at Florida State mm-hmm. with Bowden, um, his son was the problem. Um, when it came yep. to, I think it was, he was the, was he the offensive coordinator? 
Um, I believe he was on. Yeah, it, there, or he might have been defense. Either way, he was the problem. And so you kind of want to, you don't want to get in that situation where you're, you're getting a guy who may or may as well have been the, he could have possibly be the reason why uh, Martin doesn't have a ring. I, I go back to the fundamentals of baseball and you go and look at these teams, uh, Gary, they, they're not, they, they're not fundamentally sound. They don't even, the, the Florida State baseball teams uh, don't know how to field an out, uh, uh, a fly out in the outfield. Uh, they're, they're, they, they have too many errors. That's, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. The things that you should learn in Little League, they, they don't have. Um, and, and that really falls on your assistant coaches. And if, if Mike Martin Jr. isn't doing that, then what, what makes mm-hmm. you say that uh, the team won't uh, digress or, or, get, or regress and get worse? Yeah, I yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, if you can't it I've had coaches in the past when throughout my baseball career saying you gotta control the last column of the scoreboard if you want to win ball games. And the last column of the scoreboard most of the time happens to be the errors. And, and the errors. Gary, column, so. Gary, look at it and, and say if this is the thing that, that Florida State is poor at, if they're poor at fielding and poor uh in the outfield and whatnot. You think that that would be something that all right, we're going to put an emphasis on this, but it seems like they just gloss over it and think that you play more games, you'll figure it out, and that's not how baseball works. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's all about ma- or it's all about making the least amount of errors as possible to win ball games, and it's, at the end of the day, it's all about winning ball games. So that's what it's going to come down to for the fans and at least the leadership around Florida State athletics for who they'll decide to take over the job at the end of the season or possibly going into the next fall. So that's all for us today for this first episode, this first pilot episode of Talk and Shop. Thank you for tuning in. If you decided to give us a listen, please write or please give us five stars. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe and stay tuned with us and follow us on FSVU at FSVU Sports on Twitter for more updates regarding the show. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.